Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, 7 a.m., a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G. I am a recovered compulsive eater from Maryland, sending you all great big hugs. So glad you're here with me today. Today's date is Tuesday, February 1st, 2022. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous and we are on page 163, the third paragraph, starting with our friend proceeded to tell him, unpacking that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you everyone for your service, Team Tuesday, Kathy S., Loretta H., Nancy T., Jill H., Marge E., and our newcomer greeter for the second hour, Loretta M., and the host for the second hour, Nancy C. OA preamble, oh, excuse me, the reference numbers for yesterday, Monday, January 31st, 7 a.m. meeting is 18,484. That's 18484. And for the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, 18,486. That's 18486. OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overreader who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overreading can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Jill H. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Jill. Good morning, Jill H. from Nashville, Tennessee, recovering compulsive, recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, come to believe, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to others, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked God to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me serve. Thank you so much, Jill. I will now ask for Marge E. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Marge. Thank you, Amy. Marge E. from Massachusetts, recovered but not cured. Uh, The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he expressed himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me serve, and I pass. Thank you so much, March. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. Mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study. We are on page 163, 
the third paragraph, and I'm going to ask Kathy S. to get us started. Go ahead, Kathy. Thanks, Amy. This is Kathy S., recovered compulsive overeater in Georgia. Our friend proceeded to tell him, and with such good effect that the doctor agreed to a test among his patients and certain other alcoholics from a clinic which he attends. Arrangements were also made with the chief psychiatrist of a large public hospital to select still others from the stream of misery which flows through that institution. So what this paragraph reminds me of actually is um, in the doctor's opinion, page 28, when um, that it's a paragraph towards the bottom, when he requested the privilege of being allowed to tell his story to other patients and how the paragraph goes on about the unselfishness of these men, their community spirit, the entire absence of profit motive, and um, that they believe in themselves and still more in a power which pulls chronic alcoholics back from the gates of death. What they do, the good effect that we're talking about is, is just the authenticity of our experience. And, and as a recovered compulsive overeater, we can help others where doctors just can't. It's, we share our experience, strength, and hope. We've lived this. We've been in the hell, and now we're in recovery in a place of complete, just complete op opposite. And, um, and it's, it's just, it's obviously effective because of, look at the numbers and the fellowships. The other thing that stands out here for me is the word select, um, that the psych uh, psychiatrist would select still others from the stream of misery. And, and that word select, you know, it just, it reminds me of the word chosen. And, and what I think about, I used to think obviously that, that um, because life was so horrible and torturous in the disease, but today I do feel like, um, like I'm chosen, chosen by God to get to know him because that's what this process is. It is freedom by, by coming to know a power that's greater than myself, coming to know God. And, and by that, I feel so lucky and so blessed to have a life beyond my wildest dreams. And then, you know, how when I come using this process, I get unblocked and, and life today really is a flow with God. I am out of that misery. And it's, it is a just, I don't know, it's a flow of blessing, a flow of friendships. And because I have an answer to all of my problems today, it is such a gift. And, and this is, um, talk about select. I mean, not everybody has this option. And I was born with this. I was born chosen to know God. And I'm just grateful for the opportunity that came through this fellowship and from working the steps on a daily basis. And uh, with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kathy S. Okay, we'd now like to take some names and phone numbers. If you've shared in the last couple of days, um, i.e. on either Monday or Friday, we ask that you please give way to let others share their experience, strength, and hope as well. If you could please give me your first name and initial of your last name, that would be great. Please go ahead. Ginger C. This is Larry K. Larry K. Ginger C. 
Anybody else? Nancy P. Carmela G. Nancy P. Carmela G. Anybody else? DCH. DCH, did you say? I'm sorry, Stacy. Oh, Stacy. Okay, Stacy H. Gotcha. Kathy J. Kathy J. Anyone else going once, going twice? Wow. Y'all went easy on me. Okay, we've got a great group here. Ginger C, Larry K, Nancy P, Carmela G, Stacy H, and Kathy J. Okay, Ginger C, you're up. Please go ahead. And don't forget to give your city and state that you're from. That would be awesome. Hey, Amy, good morning. Thank you for your service. I am Ginger C, a real compulsive overheater. Eight again. This misery, this hell, this nightmare. I'm so grateful that so many of you have never given the gift up. But the real reality is that many of us are dying in the food today on this line. And I'm so grateful that Larry is going to share after me because I am just in a nightmare situation. And I can't stop. And I get some days and then I go back. And the burn in my throat this morning from the acid reflux from the binge last night and waking up in this reality, it's just a nightmare. And so I just share that too because I know from the calls that I receive, I wish everybody, I wish I had a magic wand and pixie dust. I wish I could just get us all out of this and never have to see this relapse. But that's not the story for many of us. The truth is that relapse is very high with food and so I just want to share my truth I'm not going to give up and I'm going to come back but it is just getting really old and really tiring and isn't that the good place for me because pain is usually what helps us to get to this other side of freedom where I'm back to neutrality with the food and I will promise you one thing and one thing only the only reason why I took that bite it's because I stopped doing what was working. I stopped. So keep moving those muscles. I pray for all of us today to have an absolute free and clear day. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger. Praying for you, girl. All right, Larry Kay, you're up, followed by Nancy P. Thanks, Amy. Thank you for your service. I'm Larry Kay. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Um, you know, we, we, we read um, this morning that uh, our friend proceeded to tell the, this doctor with, with such good effect. And I like what Kathy started, started us off by saying that, you know, there was some sort of authenticity, the good effect, authenticity that was born of experience. And I asked myself, experience of what? Well, he had a, a spiritual transformation. And, you know, what strikes me in this paragraph is, again, why, why was he able to convince the doctor with such good effect? That authenticity had something to do with it. You ever heard of a um, keyboard jockey? It's a, a keyboard jockey is, is uh, it's an individual who spends more time typing on their computers about how to do something 
than actually practice, practicing it in, in the real world. You know, in order to, to learn something, you know, we study every morning, get better at it. But we need to go out into the world. We need to go out into the field, if you will, and practice it. And I think of someone like Mother Teresa. She didn't change the world by reading about how to care for destitute and, and, and the, the destitute and the dying in the slums of Calcutta. You know, she didn't get it by reading how-to books. She rolled up her sleeves. She began taking care of these human beings. And I doubt, you know, Michelangelo, I, I saw that. I don't know if you've ever seen the Sistine Chapel. It's pretty cool. I don't know that he painted those frescoes. And before he did, he began to, to, to read. You know, he took action after action. It took him four years to complete. Nothing can replace practice and personal experience. So what happens when we don't practice and we just theorize? Well, we know. I'll tell you what happens to compulsive readers like you and me. We eat. <laughs> we begin to think about a situation so much that we actually inhibit ourselves from ever taking action and we get, you know, paralyzed and we, we, we get an idea for working this program of spiritual action and then the very next day we think of two or three or five other possibilities and eventually our life keeps piling up on us and we, and we never follow through on any of them. You know, sometimes it just seems like there's so many possibilities we don't know where to start. And we ruminate on our options the more, you know, and the more likely we're to suffer from paralysis. So the testimony this guy gave, right, convinced the doctor because it was born of his personal experience of taking action. And sometimes I have to have courage because challenging things are going to happen. They're going to but I can't theorize. This isn't theory. This isn't science. It's action. And I don't always like that, but that's what it is. That's the deal for me. With that, I pass. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, Larry. Perfect timing. Okie doke. Nancy P. followed by Carmela G. Don't forget Hi, to good morning. State, Nancy. I won't. <laughs> Nancy you. P. recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. Um, this paragraph is like the map of the 12th step. And I personally, Nancy P., only thinks that the 12th step is the jewel in the crown of all of them. You know, working with others, carrying the message, intensive work with other alcoholics, and specifically intensive work with other alcoholics, ensuring immunity from drinking. You know, I spent a lot of time talking, I spend a lot of time talking to other compulsive overeaters, a lot of time. But I was... You know, before I recovered, I was steeped in that flow of misery. I mean, misery, misery, misery. You know, um, hopeless, felt helpless, just, it was just awful. Um, and today, you know, I do, I spend a lot of, all this time talking to the compulsive readers. I go to at least two meetings a day, often more, thanks to Zoom. Um, I take calls, I make calls, and, you know, <clears throat> I started doing that in the beginning because that's what my sponsor said to do. And that was against, not against, but contrary to everything I'd always done before, which was try to skate, find an easier, softer way, do it what I wanted, you know, skip this, you know, take what you want and leave the rest. You know, it was only when I did everything that they said in the book in the order that they said, and especially, especially, constant contact with other compulsive overeaters caused something deep inside me first to unclench and become, you know, able to absorb 
And, um, and secondly, it is, you know, I'm so agnostic and I, I get a lot of calls. I'm reassuring everybody. I'm still agnostic, but you know, whatever it is that takes care of me and keeps me safe and grateful and joyful, I feel it most acutely when I talk to other people. I mean, some people, um, get contact through prayer and meditation and I have nothing but respect for that, but that doesn't seem to work for me, no matter how often I try and how many different ways. But when I am in contact with other compulsive overeaters, when I am joined in fellowship, that's like a, a tether to my, um, to my buddy who takes care of me. And, um, you know, today I'm recovered and happy, joyous, and free. I didn't have a white light experience. Instead, I live in white light and gratitude and joy every breath I take. And I feel that most acutely by um, when I talk to other people and spend the time. I spend a lot of time, and sometimes it's inconvenient. But my sponsor also said that's supposed to be the, you know, you have to feel it, you know. And um, so I just feel like this is exactly right, you know. That friend proceeded to tell him, and, you know, the flow of misery that came through that institution only the hopeless got off. And when I was really, really hopeless, really, really beaten, not just on my knees, but face down in the mud with a horse standing on me, then I surrendered. And that was the first step. I had to surrender so that I could then awaken spiritually. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Nancy P., I've had my fair share of sitting in the mud looking at a horse, so that's not a good feeling. Great word picture. Okay, Carmela G., you are up, followed by Stacey H. Please go ahead. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you for your service. Thank you for everyone on the line. My name is Carmela G., and I am from New York. I gratefully recovered through the power of my higher power that I call God. Um, I've read this paragraph so many times, but this morning this thought came to me that has never come to me before, and, and that's the amazing part of reading this book. A friend proceeded to tell him, and with such good effect, this drunk convinced a physician to begin the research, the study of this program, how these 12 steps can help all of us addicts. This to me is, is the height of why we have been gifted with such a beautiful program because they took it from just packing up to get ready on vacation to really take the trip. And in order for this drunk to convince this physician, he had to be a man of principle. The first principle, honesty. This doc had a trust that this guy was honest. He had to have the courage from doing step four, learning the courage to trudge the road and the perseverance 
those are all the principles that we live by. And it was through those principles, which means that he was living in the program every single day. And as our friend in program tells us today, this program is not for those who need it, not for those who really want it, but for those who are willing to work it. And work it we must, and trudge we must. And this paragraph is our reward. The doctor did the research, he saw it worked. And today, over 80 years later, we are given the gift of a program of recovery. What a blessing. And thank you for allowing me to share. I pass. Thank you so much, Carmela. Stacy H. followed by Kathy J. Hi, this is Stacy H. I'm calling from Fairfax, Virginia. And um, the words that stood out to me today are agreed to a test. And it just reminded me when I first came to this vision meeting, um, maybe two and a half years ago, you know, I kind of agreed to a test. You know, I didn't believe that this was really going to work. You know, I didn't believe, um, you know, all these concepts, all these ideas, entire abstinence, you know, what would happen if I put down, you know, my key ingredients completely? You know, what would happen if I, you know, not only took the foods on my red light list, but also the yellow light list and just put them down. You know, what if I did what my sponsor told me and, you know, did the work, you know, would I have a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps? Would I be neutral with the food? Um, would, would, would it be different than what I had done in past years um, in a way? Um, a lot of dieting with group support, but um, you know, would it really make a difference? You know, what if I took these strange actions? Like you want me to do an inventory? You want me to go to people and make amends? Like that all sounded not very attractive, actually. But I was just willing to do it one day at a time, one step at a time. Um, and just let's see what happens. Let's see what happens if I follow these instructions. And the reality is, you know, it really... Um, it really is a gift. It really, it really works. And, and sometimes the only way you can see it works is when, you know, you have a relapse or you go back into the food and then you see how absolutely horrible it is and how wonderful it is, you know, when you stay in the stream of recovery. So I'm really grateful that I was willing to just experiment, you know, didn't have to do it forever, just one day at a time, but to take the test and, and to, you know, to give it a try you know, to follow what others have done. And I'm really grateful that I have done that. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Stacey H. Uh, Kathy J., you're up, and then we'll take some more names. Hi, Kathy J., uh, Compulsive Overeater Recovered in Illinois. Uh, thanks for letting me share. Um, you know, what stands out for me is how bad Bill was. Uh, he was in the hospital several times, relapsed, couldn't stay sober, awful low bottom drunk. And that's what this hospital got. Nothing but low bottom, unsuccessful drunks who didn't pay their bill. <laughs> so there was a lot of skepticism. There was total skepticism and a lack of understanding. But um, 
the transformation of Bill was so significant, uh, it was sufficient to remove his compulsion to drink. And that's what inspired Silkworth and Tybout and Jung. I mean, they all, Bill was going to the Oxford group and he, he took that, he was able to add his piece and then bring it to other alcoholics. And that is the basis of the program. And um, he was a, you know, Sister Ignatius used to sneak people into a closet to treat them because the hospital was so against taking alcoholics. But yet here, this this is God-inspired because against all odds, and that's what we get all the time in this program. We get mere things that happen that are against, they're impossible. They're impossible, yet they happen anyway. That happened to me. And coming to believe, you know, I relapsed several years ago for a while, but I had to come to believe again that God would restore me to sanity again. And it's got to be the gift of desperation on my knees. I had to get back on my knees and say, God, I can't do it. So it's admit, admit, commit. Um, What's the problem? What's the solution? What's the plan of action? And even if the action start, you know, doesn't matter how small of an action it is. One builds on top of another, on top of another, on top of another. But it's easier to um, stay abstinent than get abstinent. So um, my inflated problems... Okay, I had to admit my living problems to people. No, I'm not perfect. Yeah, I screw up. Yeah, I feel weak. I don't want people to know I did something that I feel bad about. When it turns out, my sponsor will say, you know, talk to me, and then I feel good about it again, you know. And so, you know, in this, it says um, a parade of of misery. (laughs) That's what we, you know, we have in this program until people's lives Go to the book, follow the instructions, do them as written, one page at a time, a paragraph at a time, and it works. It just plain works. And uh, anyway, thanks for letting me share. I've come to believe that a power greater than me restored me to sanity along with you guys and a sponsor in the book and the 12 and 12 of OA. Uh, And that I'll pass. Thank you so much, Kathy Jay. Okay, we're going to take another round of names. We are on page 163, the third paragraph. Who would like to share on what was read? Susan P. Colleen M. Glenda D. Tanya D. Linda D. I got Susan, Colleen, Linda, who? Jack W. Tanya D. Jack W. Tanya D. Anybody else? Susan, Colleen, Linda, Jack, Tanya. Who did I miss? Or maybe I didn't miss anybody. Okay. We can roll with that. Susan P., Colleen M., Linda D., Jack W., Tanya D. Susan, you are up. Please go ahead. Can I be heard? I can hear you. Okay, so this is Susan P., and I'm from Georgia, and uh, the reason I'm sharing, usually I share at the 8 o'clock meeting because, frankly, I get intimidated by this meeting because uh, the same superstars seem to be uh, doing a lot of the sharing, and I'm speaking for the for the little guy. I, um, I've been abstinent and 
working towards recovery since October, and I'm ecstatically grateful every day. But it took me 45 years within OA to get to this level of desperation. And um, I, I think there's a lot of people on this line who really, like myself, are desperately looking for recovery, and we know how to do it. You know, all my years in, in OA, I never stopped coming, maybe not consistently, but I never stopped coming, and I knew that the answer was here. It's just that I, for whatever reason, was just too full of fear to be willing to get the willingness to surrender, and it just took a black hole desperation to get me to, to surrender. So, you know, I'm thinking of the concept of, of being chosen. Um, it's not the first time I've, I've heard this concept because I'm Jewish and we're called the chosen people. Although sometimes I think, you know, please God, choose someone else. But um, the concept of being chosen is, 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 a, is a privilege to, to be able to give of ourselves and, and to be connected. And connectedness is um, the most incredible gift of this program. It's the way I connect to God. So I'm just speaking for the other people on the line who may be scared to share at this meeting, but um, we're all here because we're not all there. And uh, I thank you for being there and uh, for making yourselves available. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Susan. All right. Colleen M. followed by Linda D. Please go ahead. Hey, Amy, thank you for uh, taking the meeting, and thanks everyone out there who's saved my life day, day at a time. I'm Colleen M. from Maryland, and uh, I just needed to get some stuff out there because I have been really struggling the last couple of weeks. I've had a um, serious, well, my family member has been extremely ill and um, walking through the process of making medical decisions for them and watching them suffer. Um, and, and trusting God has been, um, it's been difficult. And for the most part, I am so proud of <clears throat> how this has taken place um, amongst my siblings and myself. And, uh, but the last couple of days, I've just spent um, in a lot of fear and not trusting my higher power. And a uh, miserable place to be. Um, I wish I could spend all day in recovery. I have to get up and, and work and... <laughs> I have a lot of other commitments, and the more recovery I can get into, the more peace I have. But I've, I've got some peace today, which is just so, it's such a miracle. And, um, you know, I have a little bit more trust today. But, you know, it just reminds me that I'm abstinent. Food is not really uh, calling to me, but I am not well. And the only way I can um, affect others is to continue to let God change me. And um, and that's what I heard this morning from my higher powers, that, you know, he's capable or she or it is capable. And I got to believe that. Sometimes I, I have a God complex. I, I want to fix it all and do it all and be it all. And sometimes I have to sit back and receive it and let my higher power lead the direct, lead the way and trust that it, it is all going to be okay. And so that's where I'm at today. I am so happy to have you guys in my life. And um, I'll keep coming back. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Colleen. Linda D. followed by Jack. Go ahead, Linda. 
Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. So grateful, very, very grateful. Surprised and thrilled to be recovered, not cured. I'm having a lot of feelings about things I've heard today, so here goes. The word select. This is my experience. Okay. It's been my experience that God does not choose this and that and this and that. I have to. I wouldn't know that. I have a disease. A disease that tells me I'm a piece of shit and there is no point in trying. Many people fail. I'll fail. That's the voice of the disease. There are no superstars on this phone line or any phone line. They're just people like me and you. We deserve to get well. We want to get well. We don't know how to get well. I have to come here. I want to come here to save my life so that I don't die in misery. If you talk a stream of misery, I can go to any big box store where groceries are sold in particular and see the stream of misery. It's contemporary. It's right now. And in my life, the stream of misery, my entire life threaded through by this disease that told me to self-destruct. This program has given me a higher power, a buddy, a truth. You say it whatever you experience it because it's so. There is an overarching goodness in the universe that wants everybody well, me and you. If I can do it, I was an atheist. Nobody could sell me anything. This power showed up again and again and again, and largely through contact with people in this fellowship, because they're loving and kind and human. It's all about learning to accept my humanity. It is good enough. I'm good enough. You're good enough. Get in the boat, for God's sake. You deserve to get well, and so do I. It's here. Pick it. Thanks. Mm. I pass. Thank you so much, Linda D. All right. Jack, you're up, followed by Tanya D. Jack W., please go ahead. Uh, good morning, everyone. I uh, I had some – I woke up early this morning and did my quiet time, and yesterday it was shared, and I am a compulsive overeater. Don't know about the word recovered. Think so, but it's just new being as I've been uh, – uh, in pro, pro, food program since 1990 and a lot of lying. And uh, so I'm just reading more about what recovered is. And I just w- finished working the steps with my sponsor. And um, But anyways, the, yesterday it was said this dude's name was Hank Parkhurst. And he was uh, number two, uh, Bill Wilson, and then this guy Hank. And I guess... Bill Wilson went to live with Hank when they lost their home and that Hank stayed sober for four years. And in this article I read this morning, it said he was agnostic. And I looked that word up and said he just really doesn't believe or um, about God. So maybe he was just doing step 12 only. I'm not sure to to stay sober only four years. But um 
then I look at it in the previous paragraph it says 1939 he goes to this town he's only been there a few weeks and I can um, just imagine dirt roads and the cars of Bonnie and Clyde and I looked that up and that was 1934 and I don't know if they had newspapers I guess they did uh, but how did he know that it was large quantity of alcoholics here but uh, but good for him. But the thing about alcohol is just you put down the entire substance. You don't touch it again. For me with food, I was putting some substance in, substances in that I didn't know caused a binge for years. I thought they were okay. My sponsors had them on my food plan and it caused a binge. And then it was, oh, I've done it again. I've broke. I'm okay. You know, maybe I can get through this in three or four days and, and it'll be different this time and I can carry on with the program or is, is this the way it's going to be the rest of my life? I didn't know until I found this A Vision for You sponsor and he said, hey, I think I know what's going on with you. He took me off a couple of the foods and I spoke with the nutritionist and she said that those do cause uh, binges for some people. And it's just been flipping amazing. So not only is it 10, living in 10, 11, and 12, the big book talks about entire abstinence. So um, where was I going with it? Kind of went blank. But, uh, oh, dude, the other night I was listening to a, a big book workshop, and he shared about a, all, all roads lead to food. So I'll in there. Thank y'all very much, Jack W. Thank you, Jack. Tanya D., to your turn, then we'll take some more names. Uh, thanks. Uh, this is uh, Tanya D., compulsive, uh, recovered compulsive eater from uh, Illinois. And uh, what jumped out at me today from, um, you know, the sharing in this uh, paragraph is, uh, you know, the doctor agreed to a test and uh, somebody else shared um, when I came into this program, um, I, it, you know, it was kind of a test. I had nowhere else to go, um, and I wanted to see um, if it worked for me. And one thing I heard related to this stream of misery is, you know, if you don't like what this program has to offer, your misery will be fully refunded to you. Um, and that just kind of hearing it that way made me realize, like, what do I really have to lose? You know, and that's why I had to be um, desperate because when I heard the idea of giving up certain foods. Um, I did not like it because I thought that those foods, and immediately I knew what foods they would be for me, you know, I thought that those foods were the only good thing left in my life, you know, and so here is this program telling me that, you know, in order to not uh, overeat um, or not binge, um, I had to give up um, certain foods, and so it was only until I was really convinced that there was nothing but a stream of misery waiting for me the way that I was doing things that I um, you know, fully surrendered to this um, program. And the thing, um, you know, the other part about giving this program a test, and I'm really grateful that I knew this coming in because I realized not everybody sees the program this way. Is I, you know, I knew it was a 12-step program, you know, not a nine tools program, uh, not a, um, you know, kind of dieting the food support program, so that I knew that, you know, to give it a fair test, to give it a full test, I had to work the steps, you know, and I had to get um, a sponsor. 
and uh, and I'm really grateful for that. Uh, and uh, you know, the the sharing today too, and and just the book also reminds me, like this misery is also out there waiting for me. You know, I can say that. Um, oh yeah, I'm never going to eat compulsively again, but there's no way I can make that commitment. You know, the only commitment I can make is to work my program today um, to the best of my ability. Um, you know, whatever that looks like for me at the stage that I'm at, like, uh, you know, step uh, 10, 11, 12, don't do it perfectly. Um, but that is the only way, you know, that I can guarantee um, recovery with, of course, like the help of my higher power. I cannot guarantee it myself. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting too that like um, relapse is uh, not, uh, I, I don't think relapse uh, is inevitable. I've uh, never relapsed. And at the same time, you know, it's obviously also not, um, not fatal. Uh, but for some people it is, you know, and that's also what keeps me like kind of keeps the fire under my butt. Um, you know, I don't want to be living in fear of the food, like I'm neutral around the food, but. Um, you know, I need to have a healthy respect for this disease um, that, and, and you know, not just the disease of compulsive reading, but it's the ism, right? Like there's just so many uh, people dying out there from the isms and I can't uh, think, I'll wrap up, I can't think that I'm, I'm ever going to be immune from that. Um, so thanks for letting me share and with that I'll pass. Thank you, Tanya. Okay, we have room probably for about three more shares. Uh, who would like to share? We are on page 163, third paragraph. We could just keep Heather it focused e. on what was read. That would be great. Okay, I didn't hear anybody's name, so let's try that again. Who is, would like to share? I think I heard Rick J. Who else? There was a couple other people. I didn't get your names. Please try again. I got Rick. There was a couple other folk. Darlene H. Darlene. There we go. Was there another person I missed? Okay. We'll roll with that. Rick J, Darlene H. Go ahead, Rick. You're up. Good morning, everybody. My name's Rick J, and uh, I am a recovered compulsive overeater from North Carolina. Um, just love the the subtle power of this paragraph, and um, I think what's really jumping out at me is, you know, our friend proceeded to tell him and with such good effect that the doctor agreed, you know, I mean, this doctor is seeing something amazing. He's seeing this chronic alcoholic who for every experience that this, that the doctors at that time, um, you know, were witnessing was that there was really no hope. And all of a sudden you, you have this, this person just looking at their face, their eyes, everything about this person has changed, and they're looking at the power of a power greater than this person and a power greater than themselves that's this uh, taking place in this amazing transformation. You know, and, and what they had at the time was not a 12 step program or a big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. What they had were the six step program from the Oxford group. Complete deflation, dependence and guidance from a higher power, moral inventory, confession, restitution, 
continued work with other alcoholics. That's what they had. And that brought about a spiritual transformation for these people. And the doctors were looking at that and like, wow, you, you have experienced something that we cannot do for you. And they didn't have to sell it. They were just experiencing their own spiritual transformation, and that power was just coming through them and coming out. It was like this amazing you know, spiritual presentation. They were just presenting themselves as they were with no bullshit at all. It was just them. They had changed, and they didn't have to sell it. They were changed, and I love that um, – you know, it tells us in the very beginning of this is that, um, you know, our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. And that's all these people were doing. And the doctors knew what they were like. And we can hear somebody share that story with us, and we can know, yeah, you're just like us. And then the real power comes in. The real power is that. If you were just like me, and I know you were just like me, then how did you get to where you are now? That's the beautiful part of carrying this message is our relatability through our pain of the stream of misery. I love that, the stream of misery. And I'm willing to do anything today to stay recovered, and I have recovered, but I'm not scared that I pass. Thank you so much, Rick. Okay, Darlene. Good morning, everybody. My name is Darlene H. I'm a compulsive overeater from uh, Columbus, Georgia. Um, And thank you, moderator, for your service. Excuse me. There's been uh, a lot of great shares. I don't generally get on the line and and, so I was motivated to do that today. First, I want to say, you know, in this paragraph, thank you, God, for a doctor that I met years ago who was open-minded enough to see this program work in another person who then decided that he should share that information with me. Um, and that led me to my journey in Overeat is Anonymous and brought me to this point today. And I'm forever grateful um, because he was a person of authority and in my mind at the time. And then, of course, I went into the program and met people who were, uh, they were being reborn. And I wanted that. And what a gift. Um, however, my road has not been paved in gold. You know, I came to this program 20-something years ago, completely desperate, broken, um, 140 pounds overweight and was willing to do whatever it took. Uh, and, and I got wonderful, what I thought was wonderful abstinence at the time, and what I found out, it was just dry. Um, and eventually, years later, I broke my abstinence and fell into that slippery slope of um, eating, not, eating, not, eating, not. And, and, and that has continued to happen, and I'm graced today, and that's what I want to talk about is this moment of grace, no matter how much I absolutely wanted to stop eating, I could not, could not, no matter how much praying I did, no matter how much food I put on the scale, I could not, for me, stop until I just had that moment of grace where 
I had an open heart, mind, and body, and God was there, and we, you know, we were able to do this. I was able to be honest, um, and then I could commence to have absence and um, and this freedom that I possess today from the obsession of this food addiction. You know, my food addiction is not something, I'm not a bad person, you know, I, I, I'm just not. Um, and it's not something I want to weaponize myself or others with. You know, we are all here. Somebody said it because we're not all there because we all want help. And God, thank you, God, there's help for me today. You know, the first 100 people didn't put their names in the books. We're the ones who go out and glorify them. They just wanted to be helpful to other people um, because we're just people who found a solution and want to help each other and, and thank God for that. I'm so grateful that I have never, thank you, I'll close with this, I have never found it necessary to walk away from this program for good. I always stick around even when I'm face down on the food. Thank you, God. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Darlene. We have time for one more share. It'll actually be a two-minute share, but who would like to take that spot? Debbie B. from Virginia, please. Debbie B., you got it. Please go ahead. Thanks. Heather, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Team Tuesday. Thank you so much for the gift of, of uh, service. And I, I'm Debbie V., very grateful, re gratefully recovering. I can't wait to say recovered when I finish the steps uh, in Virginia. And uh, I just wanted to say suave, easy. That's what it is when it's higher powered. So here we have um, someone who became receptive and interested because of the power of this program through example. Actions speak louder than words. And those who are willing, those who are willing and they're higher powered as well, they see that and, they, and things flow. And the, the stream of life, yep, the stream of misery and suffering, but also the stream of life and it carries us and the infrastructure begins and, and continues and it's just amazing beyond anything I could have ever imagined thank you for listening have a blessed day everyone thank you so much Debbie all right awesome thank you everyone we're going to wrap things up here I'd like to thank you and to everyone who shared please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing of this meeting. The share ID for today's 7 a.m. Eastern Time Vision for You meeting, February 1st, 2022, is 18,491. That's 18491. We will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Loretta H., could you take us out, please? Loretta, press star one to unmute, please. Amy, can you hear me now? I can. Oh, great. Thank you, God. Okay. Thank you, Amy, and thank you, everybody on the line who saved my life with my, along with my precious God. Loretta H. recovered in North Carolina. 
Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation, which you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then, thank you for letting me do service, and amen.